Elon Musk, Mark Cuban, and the war on DE&I. Now, if you've been following the news on the recent resignation of the president of Harvard over her unfortunate congressional testimony on anti-Semitism on college campuses, you might have read Bill Ackman's post on X, which is formerly Twitter, which essentially <laughs> blames everything on diversity, equity, and inclusion policies on college campuses. Ackman's post was reposted by none other than Elon Musk himself, who owns X, amongst other things, who wrote in his post, DEI is just another word for racism, and shame on anyone who uses it. Okay, so Musk's comments were over the top, but it prompted Mark Cuban to jump into the conversation by defending DEI and calling it just smart business. Cuban has since challenged Musk to a debate on the subject. I'd love to see that. Now, I've been um, what I'd call a constructive critic of DEI, which I think has been poorly executed. However, equating it to racism is just ridiculous. So I'll withhold my personal views on Elon Musk these days and instead focus on the issue of DEI in a more holistic sense. Now, at the center of Ackman's manifesto on X is the notion of, now pay attention here, equality of outcomes versus equality of opportunity, right? It's an important distinction and a fair issue to debate. It's whether we define equality as a society in which everyone, regardless of status or background, has an equal chance to succeed hence equality of opportunity, or in which all things being equal, there's one group who is consistently less successful than other groups. And in this sense, we assume that there must be some biases within the system, equality of outcomes. So we're looking at outcomes, and if outcomes appear to be unequal, then we can assume that there are some systemic biases in the system. So it's outcome versus opportunity. Now, Ackman claims he supports equality of opportunity. We should all have the same opportunities. And he provides proof of this by showing how his firm has supported small banks, okay? But Ackman calls policies that strive for equality of outcomes anti-American. Now, in this regard, He's not totally wrong. A society that requires equality of outcomes at all costs is not capitalistic because it disregards innovation, risk, and hard work. But things get muddy when determining how to deal with the differences between the two in actual practice. Now, I agree the idea of a society that is equal in terms of opportunity for all is the correct goal. However, does that mean we shouldn't consider outcomes at all? We know that some people are born poor and others are born rich. Some are born sick and others are born healthy. We know that it wasn't too long ago when it was legal to preclude minorities from certain jobs, housing, or bank loans. And the remnants of those policies still exist today. So how do we define equality of opportunity and where do we draw these lines? Now, Musk and Ackman were both born into wealth and privilege. They both attended Ivy League schools 
and have had access to every possible resource available. So whether it's intentional or just because they lack certain life experiences, they both fail to address the complexity of the issue fairly and as intelligent adults that they are. Now, here's my take. Whether it's attainable or not, the goal should be to create a society of equal opportunity. However, if we're truly committed to that goal, then we must also realize that a review of outcomes is the most dependable metric we have available to us. And therefore, we shouldn't require it, but we should always consider it as part of the analysis, if that makes sense. Now, on the subject of DE&I, Mark Cuban says, quote, if companies aren't smart enough to realize that diversity is good business, then great, there'll be more talent out there for me, unquote. Well, good for Cuban, but diversity does have broader implications for America. As our country, especially our workforce, is becoming increasingly diverse, it doesn't take a genius to see that if our diverse communities are not thriving economically, America's leadership in the global economy will be at risk. Now, when it comes to corporate America, no company should be expected to sacrifice talent just for diversity goals. The companies must recognize that there are artificial barriers that are difficult to break. I've come to learn that most industries are, to a large degree, what I describe as self-selecting. For example, if you ask 100 people how they got into the real estate industry, the most common answer you'll get is that someone they know invited or recruited them and someone along the way mentored them. And the same is true for some of the most prestigious industries like private equity, venture capital, tech, and wealth management. People hire and promote who they know and from circles they trust. Large companies frequently communicate about company culture and values and getting people who are a good fit to all of those things when they discuss their hiring goals. The fact is most people feel more comfortable around people who look and act like themselves. It's just human nature. The spirit of DE&I should be to encourage companies to break those cycles, not by lowering the bar, but rather by widening the window. But here's a catch. Outcomes do matter. So when the initiatives that companies create to improve diversity don't produce the desired results, just like anything else, they have to analyze, review, and come up with a new plan, or else those goals are disingenuous. Now, I have to admit, when Ackman and Musk turned the controversy stemming from the congressional testimony of three college presidents into an all-out assault on diversity initiatives and a diatribe on the perils of reverse discrimination, I was pretty disconcerted. Ackman, I give him a little credit for at least attempting to express his views intelligently, whereas Musk, given his brilliance, seems amazingly limited to inflammatory sound bites and self-important proclamations. Nonetheless, I was surprised by both of them. I guess it's just a lesson that nobody, and I mean nobody, gives up power without a fight. Now, the fact is that diversity is not going away, or the issue of diversity is not going away. But racial tensions need to get better. Perhaps the first step is framing the issue of diversity in economic terms versus a matter of social policy. Prosperity, after all, should be something we all can get behind.
Thank you. Thank you for listening to my blog, and here's some additional comments. It was quite interesting to see the back and forth between Ackman and Musk and Mark Cuban. But, you know, what I didn't cover on the blog is really what the the genesis of the problem was. Apparently, there's been a lot of news about uh, students on college campuses posting things, forming groups, protesting the activities of Israel uh, as it pertains to Palestine and Hamas. And there was a lot of support for Palestine, a lot of support for Hamas. And some of that was viewed as being anti-Semitic. And maybe it was. And Congress summoned the president of Harvard, the president of MIT, and I think the president of UPenn to give testimony as to how their colleges or their universities were addressing the issue and whether some of these students should be reprimanded or even expelled. And where is the line between free speech and when somebody is making inflammatory anti-Semitic statements and, you know, all the things that go along with that. And and I guess the scuttlebutt was, because I didn't see the testimony, but that the college president's answers were kind of soft, noncommittal, and there was a lot of criticism for that. And so there was pressure mounting that these presidents were asleep at the wheel or maybe even anti-Semitic themselves and should have been fired and whatever. So no matter what you feel about that, the argument started to focus on the fact that the Harvard president was black, was a black woman, first black woman to be president of Harvard University. And Ackman essentially blames what was happening at Harvard on the fact that they hired an unqualified person to be president of the university just to appease DEI commitments or initiatives that the college had set forth for themselves. So I just think, oh my God, that's a big stretch as far as I'm concerned. You know, you can just be critical. It's funny that they didn't blame that on the other two who were both women, but were both white. So anyway, that's where the, the whole scuttlebutt started. And then Ackman put this whole manifesto out there. But forget all of that. What I really wanted to focus in on is the issue of DEI. I think the goals for DEI are good. I think the methodology and the strategy, the tactics that have been deployed have failed essentially because I think it's been poorly framed and poorly executed. But it doesn't mean that I disagree with the objectives. But Ackman's centerpiece around the issue of equality and what is the definition of equality in this country? We all want to believe that we live in an equal society that's fair, that this is the land of opportunity and so forth. And I think it is. But what does equality actually mean? Does it mean equality of opportunity or does it mean equality of outcomes? I think that all we can ask for is everybody to have a fair chance to succeed. But the nuances in that are complicated. We know that there's people who are born in poor neighborhoods that are have less access to quality education and health care. And, you know, sometimes they come from broken homes and they don't have the types of relationships that more wealthy kids have and to get their first job. And, and, and it is not an equal playing field out there. But how do you remedy that? Where are the lines? What are the things that we need to do to create as fair as possible a scenario? I don't believe that a 
mandate for equality of outcomes where everybody should have the same outcome is or should be the goal. Of course not. I mean, there should be some incentive for people who want to work hard or harder or people who are willing to take more risk or people who are innovative. That's the basis of a capitalistic society. So we have to continue to support that. So the the bottom line for me is we want a society that is committed to equality of opportunity, but I also think we should look at outcomes as a measuring stick or a metric that tells us whether or not we are accomplishing that. So it sounds a little bit complicated, but this debate is going to continue to go on. I wish it wasn't just about race. I wish it wasn't just about what I consider to be social policies, because at the end of the day, this is an economic conversation. It's, you know, what this country needs. If half of the country is not thriving economically, the country cannot succeed. And that's a talking point that I'll continue to put out there. So thank you for listening. This has been a long one, but I appreciate your time. Take care.